Hey, Drew. Hey, Steve. So, I just saw something on Instagram and Twitter that literally came out maybe a few minutes ago, so you definitely haven't heard about it. No, I've been watching Grand Tour. Yeah, so Eric Carlson and his wife had a baby. So that's the personal reason he didn't play in last night's yeah, opener. that's the reason. So no one really knew, because I, I, I th- as you remember, I think that she they unfortunately had that uh, mis- miscarriage. miscarriage, yeah. yeah. Which is... Uh, that was last season, that, right? Yeah. Uh, he was with Ottawa still, I'm no, pretty sure. No, okay, yeah, that was so a couple seasons ago then. Two years ago, I think. But they had a baby, so good for that, them. That's cool. Yeah, it's honestly really cool how they re- how they revealed it. And, like, no, it was like a complete secret. No one knew Well, that's all. what I remember seeing the announcement either... It, was, it would have been yesterday that Carlson wouldn't be playing in last night's game, and I didn't look into it, but they just said personal reasons, so I kind of figured family issue, some sort of other emergency, but that's a happy surprise then. Oh, honestly, I was so happy to hear it, just after all the stuff he went through when he was in Ottawa in the last year, and now everything seems to be working out pretty well for him now that he's in San Jose. So today, we... We're a little behind, obviously, on the... It's been like two weeks, Steve. I know. School happens, life happens, and I... I've lost, tra- lost track of what exactly the schedule will be for when we're going to record these. But for now, I guess we're going to do a little bit of an RFA contract signing special. Slash catch up on what we haven't covered in the last week. Yeah, I'm just going to call it a special episode, though, just to cover for my laziness and all that. But uh, Collective. I, collective laziness. No, no. I... This <laughs> It's my... I basically have to set it all up, so I basically call it you when we're ready to go so that's on me well you make it sound like i don't do anything well you you bring something to the table that's oh. for sure oh what, what are you saying is it bringing a bag of pucks to the team is that what you're saying yeah well, i guess you got the coasters for the drinks that look like pucks huh all right shut up now you brought that on yourself get, okay get on with the list all right so just a quick list <laughs> quick think, list. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve guys we want to talk about tonight, but we're gonna keep it short. Let not really go on too many tangents. But we're gonna start off with the one that uh killed me on the inside because it happened right after I posted the last episode. The Mitch Marner contract. Oh, yeah. You weren't wrong though. You said uh, yeah, it was, was gonna be before training camp. I pretty much got the timing pretty close. I wouldn't say I got it right, but I got it pretty close. And uh, it's about the deal I expected, not the deal I wanted, but it was 10.893 cap hit for the next six seasons with a no-move clause in the last two years, and that goes to 2025. And what do you think about the deal? Well, I think he's overpaid. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm just going to clear the air right now. I think he got too much money. That's I a, think it's a little silly that he turned down a deal that was similar to this just a little longer earlier in the summer, and we could have avoided all this waiting to the last minute kind of speculation. But definitely would have been nice, that's for sure. I didn't really like dealing with all this when it was going on, but it's done now, so that's a definite <laughs> good thing that I'm happy about. But uh Yes, yeah, so a 10.893 million big pay raise from his entry level, which wasn't the max. It wasn't nine uh, 925k like Matthews was, and he didn't get all the bonuses like all that. But like Matthews did, he's definitely getting more than the bonuses he needs. And I don't think there's any 
no no performance bonuses. It's all just signing bonus and the base salary like the Leafs like to do is just the 700k, 750 lockout protected pretty much. So he gets his money regardless, which and, is always a good call. And it's now safe for the players. Yeah, and now that we know that the league's going to resume play until at least 2020-2021, we know that his signing bonus that year will be going into the next season would be 7.25 million. So he's definitely going to have a nice payday, but he might lose out on 750k. Wow. Big shocks. Look. Isn't that a Jeez. rough one? Poor guy. He's living a hard life over there. Just yeah, just to touch on that. So I'm I'm saying he 10.89 average is too much. Comparable contracts are obviously the Nylander contract, the Rantanen contract, the Kucherov contract that are some of the closer ones in that order go from highest average to lowest average. Yeah, but we're talking about like the Nylander contract and its first year of the cap hit too. Like that's the only reason it's close. If yes. you're looking at it compared to all the other years, then it's a, quite a bit uh, significantly smaller. But Rantanen right now, who just signed, is the closest comparable, and I'm I'm sure that was part of his negotiation. Oh, well, and I, I think Rantanen should have been even closer to Marner. Oh, he definitely yeah. should have been. Yeah, he's playing with McKinnon, but still, you got Tavares playing with Marner too. And they were able to get him under 10, which was nice for them, especially after Marner almost got 11. Yeah, so Kucherov, Rantanen, Konechny is up there on the close comparable list, but it's it's really not that close. It's like no. Rantanen is the closest comparable, and then Kucherov is, isn't incredibly close either. But it's two deals that just got signed, so we don't really know exactly how they're going to play out. Mar- they're going to be fine. I don't see anything wrong with how we, they're going to play. We know they're going to produce points. Yeah, absolutely. We're just nitpicking over the details here. It's just for long-term things where you have uh, to sign more players after that. and <laughs> You get yourself into a situation where you got more entry-level deals expiring and then you can't really move a Marner contract or a Matthews deal or a Tavares deal. I don't see why you would want to move them, but like no. if a situation came up where you had to, let's just say... It's really hard, and you're going to have to deal with those younger players that you don't really want to. Like Chicago got into that situation when they signed Taze and Kane to the $10 million per for to the for each of them. Mm-hmm. And they had to trade away like Tara Vinan and a bunch of these younger kids that they couldn't pay, and now they're not doing so hot. But they're on the up and up. And just to speak to the length of the contract, 2024-25, Austin Matthews and William Nylander expire. 2025-2026, Tavares and Marner expire. Well, they got the core locked up to a certain point, and then yeah. then they got to make big, tough decisions after that. Which is good. They're locked up for the, right now, I would call it the long haul. But come 2024, we're going to see some changes to the roster, and I don't think it's going to look anywhere near what it looks like this year. They looked good last night. A little slow start, but once they got going, they did not stop. They were on the gas pedal all night. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And the opener, season opener, man, Matthews himself, another two goals. Yeah, and Marner with just an absolutely gorgeous assist. Just not even looking at him, scoop behind the back. Like, how do you even know he's there? And the assist from Matthews to Nylander, you can tell that that's what training camp does. Nylander looks so much better. Matthews knew that pass along the boards. Man. Matthews knew before, without even looking, before he even thought about it, he knew Nylander was going to be going that way. It was an easy play for him to make. No, no one's really talking about how good of a game Nylander had that night. But man, were was were those top two lines flying? Jeez, it looked. Apart from the power play, they looked really yeah, good. Yeah, they still need work on that. But uh, 
it's the first game. If it doesn't solve itself by game 20, then we got a major problem on that end, that's for sure. But they got a new uh, coach who deals with that now that uh, DJ Smith is coaching in Ottawa. So should be a little better. We'll see how that goes. But, yeah, so that's quickly on the Marner deal. Quick opinion, meh, meh for you two. Meh, I, I'm on the money. It's still too much, but he's going to perform, so I'm meh. Yeah, exactly. So I guess we'll just leave it at a one-word answer at the end just to get, get our quick opinions on that. So now we'll move on to Charlie McAvoy. So just a quick breakdown of that. He's got three years coming up till the 2022 season. Got a cap hit of $4.9 million, which is pretty team-friendly for the Bruins right now as they've got a lot of guys under $8 million who are their core players and got them to a cup final in this last last year and even some pretty deep runs in the last little bit. So I like it. I like it a lot for the Bruins. I don't like it so much because they got to play the Leafs at some point in the playoffs because we all know it's going to happen. It's going to be Tampa, Boston, Toronto, and I'm going to predict that. And I already did predict that, actually. But uh, I just hate seeing all these Boston players get signed to super team-friendly deals because they buy into a system. And McAvoy is a, a phenomenal defenseman, especially for his size. Yeah, well, you look at it. He was 28 points last year in 54 games for $4.9 million. If he can play more than 54 games, play above 70 You've got a good defenseman with offensive production. We both know he's locked down when it comes to the defensive zone. Oh, he is. Especially, I forget. Do you remember how tall he was? He's 6'1", 6'2"? 6. I got him listed as 6 here. 6 foot. But a uh, 6 foot defenseman who can score and play defense really well. 6 is a big size. But like also, he's only... Same height he's as He's always 208. He's decent size. I think he's gotten bigger, actually, because I always remember him being a, one of the smaller guys on the decor. 208 is heavy for six Two, foot. Yeah, for six foot, that is a heavy guy. Yes. Marner is 175 at six foot. <laughs> I can't, it's so weird to think that he's six foot. He doesn't look it at all. He looks like my 12-year-old cousin trying, skating out there with the with the big kids, except he lo- looks better than all of us. Yeah, he's, so yeah he's got a little he, more no, talent. He would play with us in, a, in his... I guess you could call it a beer league, but we would go out skating, and he was the best player on the ice, without a doubt, because he was just making these stupid great passes, and he played a higher level than we all did. I think it was maybe double uh, A, and he he just reminds me of you know if Marner played in a beer league, but it was the NHL, <laughs> so, but, NHL beer league. Yeah. But McAvoy, uh, Boston's gonna be strong again now. If you had to, well, the NHL twenty twenty. Video game, the season, I'm missing the word. Oh, the prediction? Season. The simulation. Simulation, Boston yeah. won. I don't want to talk won about that. Anyways, what it happens every time. It always. I remember Boston, get, they got picked pretty often, I think. I don't know what the other simulations were. I don't really pay a lot of attention to that. But it's just EA. For deals like this. Oh, absolutely. And I could see them content. Like this, They're going to contend for a long time now because they yeah, have yeah. like McAvoy at three... They got even though Char is older now, they still have him at a, a team friendly deal, and he's still a competent player. He's not a bad defenseman by any means. Marchand at under seven million is arguably the best deal in the NHL. If not, it's McKinnon. If and it's just them two in a dogfight for who has the best deal. Well, and Pashnak for sixes across the board, I think is oh yeah. You can't complain. Like, that's again one of the better deals in the NHL. 
He had, what, 90 points last year? He had a phenomenal yeah. season. That's just looking at the Bruins average. They have one player, Krejci, who's over 7 mil. What is he getting? It's 7. less than 8. 7.25 average. Jeez. That's insane. That he, He's like right? your second line center, too, which is crazy. Right? That's out of all their, that's only forwards. Out of all their forwards, that's it. All their defensemen are under 6 mil, with Krug getting paid the most, yes, at 5.25. The, the, wow. They've bought, they've bought into the system. It's like a Carolina decor. Bunch of great, great players signed to really team-friendly deals, and that's just how you win. I mean, Carolina's a little fresh to the, the winning game, but uh, Boston's done it for a while now. Uh, St. Louis had a bunch of team-friendly deals, and that's why they did really well. A lot of rookies mixed in there, too, more than usual. That helped a lot. And... Uh, Boston's going to be strong. Overall, very good. That's what I think. I know that's two words, but... Uh, I'm going to say good-er. Good-er. It's above good. Yeah, it's not but a real you word. could just say, oh, good, but like a little higher. Great. Well, you asked for one word. It's not great. I'm not going to say it's a great. It's good-er. It's good-er. It's good, good-er, great. He's at good-er. Deal. All right. I'm glad we're making more words for this new uh, webster's dictionary edition <laughs> hey you said it was a special episode so we're coming up with special words all right i guess i gotta figure out one by the end of the today who's who's next on your list because there's a lot there's yeah travis connectney's next so this one was my <laughs> favorite just for how good it is S- six years five and a half per and that's no clauses no nothing literally don't even have to worry about that who did you say? Travis Konechny. Flyers. Oh, is he? Charlie Konechny. I was like, who the Charlie. heck is that? Travis Konechny. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you make up words, I make up players. That's what's <laughs> going to happen tonight. Right. Six years, five. he's at 5.5 million cap hit. And 49 points last year, so 50. Five and a half for six years. This kid You're paying is... him pretty much 10 million per 10 points, or a million per 10 points. This kid is 22. He hasn't hit his prime. He's going to be 28 oh, yeah, by the is. end of this. You know how good that deal looks right now and how good that deal should look in six years? Does he have any bonuses? No. Not per- none. performance bonuses? None. None? He has like the signing bonuses in years one, two, four, and six. But For... it's just, it's not like the lease structure where it's all signing bonuses. It's about half. But uh, like total salary goes four, five, 5.25, 5.75, six, seven. It just keeps going up. If he decides to stick around. So that the backloading of that contract definitely helped in negotiations because they don't really look at the cap hit, of course. Like if if you were told you're gonna get a, a pretty good pay increase, you're going from four million in year one to seven in the sixth year. How would you feel about that? Plot well, including the nice addition of those sign, signing bonuses right off the bat, exactly to entice me in years four, year five, and year seven. Did you say it was a year six? four and six? Year four and six. Yeah, I'd be. Well, I'd be loving it. It's a really good deal. And it's another center. So that puts Couturier, Konechny. Giroux is a winger, I'm pretty sure, right? I always forget. He could play center, though, I'm yes. pretty sure. Voracek's a winger. That much I know. But I said we should note that Cap Friendly has Konechny. Konechny. Konechny? Konechny. Down as a left and right winger. Oh, is he this as a right, left and right winger? Yeah. Oh, I always thought he was a center. But Giroux, I believe, is also a center. You're okay, right so uh, Giroux, Couturier, yeah. and then I guess you work your way down from there. 
I'm not really in tune with the Flyers' uh, depth system right now. It's a li- Their decor is very good, though. I'll give them that. They really retooled it pretty well, adding Niskanen and Justin Braun. They're sure a little older now, but they're still very good defensemen and can bring a lot to the team, especially when you got Provorov on the back end, who just signed. And my boy, Radko Gudis. <laughs> local G- I remember in... Uh, NHL 15, he was listed as an enforcer, but he was the highest-rated enforcer in the game. So he just laid monster hits, got in fights, but like he wasn't an act- actually an enforcer. He's a pretty good defenseman. I think he's a little overpaid. Deals like these definitely help the Flyers and what they want to achieve soon. No doubt. No, I completely agree with that. So if you're going to sum up the contract... In one word? Give it one word. Phenomenal. Phenomenal? I was going to say great. Yeah, I'm going top. Like You're going phenomenal is our top tier? We should just come up with a five-star rating, but with words. We're going to have to figure that out next time. Meh, good, gooder, great, phenomenal. Yeah, but we should make them like puns. It'd be more oh, fun. Okay. I know it's a little cringy, but... I know, I know you want to be punny, Steve, but come on. It's more fun, man. I. No one had fun being normal. Probably like a Michael Scott quote or something, but... Uh... <laughs> You know, off Dwight, you ignorant. You know, we're not saying that on the podcast. That go watch. We're not saying that. It's family friendly. PG. Listen to with your parents' kids. Can you bleep out the words in this podcast? I mean, I could, but I'd rather not because that's going to take some editing <laughs> magic, and we're I'm a, not very good at that. <laughs> so, we're a minimal effort, work smart, not hard kind of podcast. Yeah, this, boys, this is one take. <laughs> this is there's no jump cuts. No BS. We haven't mentioned that. We do this in one take. This is an on-the-fly talk yeah. as you go. I've actually had a few people ask me about it. And they're like, do you do it all in one take? And I'm like, yeah. Like, what do you, how do you do that in one take? Like, it's not hard. You just talk. And <laughs> try to censor yourself before you say something that should be edited out. Like, I've worked for the Jays in the last two years. And I've worked with a lot of ch- kids' programs. And I know now, don't swear ever. <laughs> <laughs> I you remember how vulgar I was in like first oh, year? Yeah, all the time. I'm still a little lamb now, but like I know when to stop and not do it. And I think I'm pretty good unless I get really passionate. Sometimes it goes over my head, but that doesn't happen very often. So we're moving on. We can go on to Brock Besser. Besser, yep. Three years. I was surprised. I'm gonna be honest. I was I, surprised it was only three years. I thought he was gonna get more long term. I was always under the impression that it was gonna head down that route. But uh, for just a little more expensive than uh, Konechny, who's also a winger, uh, Konechny played... I'm forgetting how many games he played. He, he played in all 82 last year. Besser only played in 69. Nice. And he uh, he put up 56 points. So he put up more than Konechny. In so less games. 69 games, 59 points. And 56. His, 56, excuse me. His contract is very enticing towards the end. It's a signing bonus of $3.3 million with a base salary of seven hundred dollars Then the next year, 2020-2021, signing bonus of $3 million with $3.125 million base salary. And then his last year of his contract is no signing bonus, but $7.5 million base salary. That's so, a pretty nice deal to have for now. Yeah, they're, they're looking to keep him around for that third season they really want him to try and stick around and i guess they're gonna reassess or i don't know if besser's people were pushing for a shorter contract they may have been to test the market 
he's definitely got a higher ceiling than what he's at right now, and he's already a really good player. Well, age 22, he's 6'1", 208 pounds. How many points did he put up last season? How many points? 56. 56 in 69 games. Yeah. And I know I, connect, I compared it to the Konechny deal, even though it's three less years, he's still getting paid more. You got to put that into consideration. Yes, that's true. But and that he's, is true. It's, but it's only, by, I think, it's $350,000, which is a crazy to think. Because mm-hmm. if you're if your guy's signing a long-term deal in Philly, five and a half, that's a steal for you. 5.85 on three years, definitely not as great. But it's good to have for the next three years, even though the only problem is your team isn't really competing. Like, Vancouver is okay. I wouldn't say they're a bad team. They're just kind of, like, in limbo right now because they have a bunch of guys on their third, fourth line and their bottom pairings that are signed to long-term deals that might not be worth a lot of money. But the more guys you have like that that pile up, you cannot do anything with them. Because mm-hmm. teams don't want those contracts. No. You can't ship them off. You can't buy them out because you're still on the hook for them. It's a really tough situation to get yourself out of. And Vancouver just continues to dig themselves into that hole because they just signed Tyler Myers to that, uh, what was it, like seven years for $6 million per? It might have been six by six. I don't really remember. But I know it was for $6 million per, and it was a long-term deal. Tyler Myers is not a top-tier defenseman. He's a good depth guy. He's not worth six million dollars. But you don't. I say you don't sign a depth guy to a long, expensive contract. Right. And they've been doing that. They just did it with Jay Beagle and Michael Furlan just got a deal with them. Even though, what's Michael Furlan gonna bring to the team that they don't already have? He's gonna bring some good grit and he's gonna bring scoring and he's probably like the most pure power forward in the entire league right now. Is he gonna put you over the edge? Probably not. Dude, there's a couple more pieces you're missing if you want. Just yeah. slot in with him. That will edge. That'll give you that better edge. And they brought in JT Miller, which is a nice piece, but they gave up a first-round pick for him, and the team isn't going to compete really hard this year, I would say. like If they make the playoffs, they're probably going out in the first round. Yeah. I think we'll have to wait and see. Give it a week or two in the regular season. I think they could make a good push for the playoffs. Wild-card position. But the like Pacific said, is weak. It's weak of the, all the divisions. It's yeah. not it, the parity in the league is cr- is crazy how yeah. close the teams are. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to compare divisions, the Atlantic is clearly the strongest. No doubt, no doubt. And because you got maybe three of the top four teams in the entire league come out of the Atlantic, and that's the projection for this year too. Pacific wise, you got the top three who are pretty good. Like you had one really good team at the top of the Pacific. Pacific always the top two like. Calgary actually kind of jumped into that mix recently, too. So I guess you could say three. So San Jose, Vegas, Calgary are the three that are just really good teams. And then the rest of them, it's uh, the five other teams, Anaheim, Vancouver, Edmonton, Minnesota's in the central. Who else is in that division? Los Angeles is, is another one. And I'm missing one. And I don't know why I'm missing one. Arizona, that's the other one. Those five teams aren't going to be incredibly competitive. And if they are... Sure, they might make a playoff push, but they either just make it or they might miss it. And anything can happen if you make the playoffs. Well, as we saw last year. Yeah. It's, I think, just in the long term for Brock Besser and the Canucks, this could hurt them in three years when they have to re-sign him again and because then you're going to have Pedersen locked down at that point. Then you got, you got to work your way around that. How many little pieces can you trade? 
in order to re-sign Besser again. It's tough. But that's a three-year-from-now problem. It's, a, it's pretty hard to project exactly how that's going to go. It's never written in the sand. You can have a thought of what, what Pedersen might get paid, but we also don't know what kind of season he's going to have this year. He could put up 100 this year, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he does. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. And then that changes your plans completely. So, so if you're going to sum it up, the Bresser deal? It's not bad. Not bad? You're adding another one to the list. That's two words. Hey, it's a very brief description slash summary of the contract. We're changing it from one-word answers. Okay. That is the new definition of what we're trying to do here. Okay, then I'm, I'm going to still go with meh. Meh? I'm, I'm not thrilled with it. I think Besser's a great player. I just don't think the contract benefits Vancouver in the long run. I think it... Is he RFA or... Besser? Yeah, what, what yes. he is. He's I R- believe he's still an RFA after okay. it ends. He doesn't have arbitration, though. But that's still... Because that RFA is better than just free agency, but it opens yeah. him up to offer sheets, which I, I truly believe he will explore at the end of these three years. He's gonna be he's gonna be going into his prime. He'll be twenty five, twenty six. Offer sheets are such a niche, though. I just don't see a lot. You don't see a lot of teams doing it in general, and that's just kind of like a gentleman's agreement that you don't do it. But like, it's more common now where people are offering it, but they're not really going crazy for it. Because if Marner got an offer sheet for what he got paid this year, the team would have to give up. I think the compensation was above ten and a half million per year. You would have to give up four first your next four first round picks and if i'm a team i honestly would really consider taking those four first round picks because that can turn into four really good future players unless this you're is, the edmonton oilers yeah but like yeah that's different they can turn <laughs> they can turn three first round draft picks into maybe three uh three fourth line players at best <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Off topic. Next, um, next contract. Next uh, signing. I didn't really want to go into this really a lot. I just wanted to bring it up. But Brandon Carlo signing with the Bruins again. It's two years, two point eight five per. Not a whole lot to the deal. Just a pretty good one for the Bruins. Just a hey, keep team them over the hump. It's a safe team contract. That's yep. what it is. And like a lot of people talk about getting over the hump as like just winning the cup. I think of it as just. Being over the hump is like being that team that can always go long playoff runs. It's yeah, continue it's continue to, to prove that you deserve to be in the playoffs. And exactly as we know, anything can happen in the playoffs. So if you consistently put in long runs, eventually it's going to go your way. Pretty much. So now we jump into Thomas Shabbat. Good. I was waiting for that one. Sense fans rejoice. They finally got a a great great player locked down long term and replaced Eric Carlson and replaced Eric Carlson I don't know if he's going to be the well I don't we'll see how he does this season this is going to be his I would say uh the sophomore slump if anything I wouldn't be surprised if it happened to him this year and then he picks it up again because he's still really young and what is he 23 24 now 22 he's 22 yeah no he's still he's still very young Wow. And he is, I'm I'm excited as a Sens fan by birth. I am excited for this deal because this is, this is the start of the rebuild. Forget what Melnick said about five years of unparalleled success. This is the start of the rebuild, not necessarily around him, 
but as a team making steps in the right direction to sign young, strong players to good long contracts to build a core that they can then shift pieces in and out to put a team near that will at least not finish dead last. And they definitely have the space to keep going like that, too. Like, Kachuk, when he, he his contract comes up, they're definitely going to have space for him. And uh, I forget, is it, uh, who's the college winger that was playing with them recently? Was it Batherson? Yes. Yeah, Drake Batherson, when he comes up, they'll have space for him. Ottawa's cap, spa- uh, cap situation right now is a pretty friendly one for them. Oh, more than friendly. Yeah, they got... 10 million in cap space right now, but they also have three guys on long-term injured reserve, and two of them are expiring in the next uh, next year. Actually, like they, do you know that Ryan Callahan is an Ottawa Senator? Still, what he, he? I think he just got. He just got. He just. Got oh, I'm here, thinking I'm of someone sure. else. Is he on the IR? Clark MacArthur, are you thinking of? Yeah, right? that's it. Is he yeah. still a Sens? He's technically still a Senator. Yes. He's on uh, IR, though. I don't think it says LTIR, though. Yeah, just injured reserve. So not LTIR. Is he, can, he must be concussion. I remember him having concussion issues. Or is that Pajot? Pajot had concussion issues as well. I don't... But, the, the injury isn't listed here. I, but yeah, Clark MacArthur had uh, concussion issues for a long time. And Gabrick's also on this list for the injured reserve. Clark MacArthur was the one who got absolutely wrecked in training camp by a guy last year. <laughs> yeah, it was. He got clocked for no reason in training camp and has been out dealing with concussions all of last year i remember this do you even remember the guy's name who hit him he was a fourth line bruiser that got shipped off the next day he was yeah. an absolute if you're doing that kind twat. of st- if you're doing that kind of stuff at training camp honestly just don't go don't was, show up yeah it was a dirty a joke i don't understand why you guys have feel the need yeah go prove yourself don't hurt your teammates yeah, in not even preseason, not even against another team in training it's like camp. A practice squad game. Yeah. No, exactly. It was at the Bell Sensplex. It wasn't even at CTC. I remember this very it's a clearly. Damn hockey scrimmage that I would have with my teammates. You don't see me decking guys and boarding them. Yeah, no, that Please. was yeah. a joke. So he's still IR is probably good news, then, and maybe we might see his return. Yeah, but on uh, back on the Shabbat deal, eight million per on the cap hit. In the last four years, a modified no-trade clause, and it goes all the way to 2028 because it doesn't start this year. It starts next year. So that's why I assume 23-24 because I was just thinking of the years that it uh, that it kicked in. So he'll be 23 when it kicks in. Wow. But still, eight years of Shabbat, and he's he'd be 31. Wow. that's I didn't even think about that. I mean, if you're going to build your defense around someone right now, he looks like the man to do it. Screw it. Why not? <laughs> they got they got nothing else good going for. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, like what do they have to lose at this point? It's they have the cap space. They don't have many other young prospects. They've lost and dealt away first round picks in really really poorly constructed deals. They have an owner who doesn't know what he's doing and is looking for a payday. It's it's a mess. I'm a little salty as a Sens fan, but this is a silver lining. I think we can all look forward to. And they have a lot of, to look forward to in this draft. They already have two first-round picks. And they got their own this year, too, which is big for them. And they Finally. got three seconds. And then the next year, they have a first and three seconds. Like, to have the top 60 picks, have five top 60 picks in the draft is just so beneficial. Because you, if you think about it, you're basically p- picking out of the 60 best players that, well, in your opinion, of course, yeah. that 
are available to you right now and if maybe two or three of them hit that's phenomenal because you might even get some late round hits too oh no doubt no doubt it's just uh, they're in a really good position and (laughs) i it just looks really bleak right now but i think there's a lot of hope for this team honestly like i said as a leaf fan i don't like the sense it's just the way i was raised (laughs) it's the way we go and I was a little scared when they scored 30 seconds into the game last 25 night. 25 seconds in. I don't want to talk about the details. We They still won. It's fine. Ilya Mikheyev looks like an amazing player. But if we're going to compare contracts for... Oh, why is it... Com- All right, this is comparing his entry-level deal for some reason. So that's not the one I want. I say because he's still working on entry-level. All right, so apparently comparables just don't really exist right now for Shibata because it hasn't kicked in yet. And I... But... I still think it's a good deal. It's just, it's like one of those deals I can't really explain in one word because it's just like, it's a deal where you have, you have nothing to lose. You got a good young player. Why not actually might be the two words I use <laughs> to explain the deal. Why not? That's okay. what I'm going to go with. I'll, okay, I'll touch it. I'll say send it. Send it. I like it. We'll, we'll go with, we'll stick with the two words for right now. All right, two words. We can keep that going. I think it's, it, one word might have been a little hard. <laughs> Who's next? Next. We got Braden Point. That this is the best contract of the, of the whole thing. I'm just gonna say it right now. It's, it's not even close. I'm just trying to find it. There we go. Braden Point. What do we get? Standard three years. Six point seven five. <laughs> do you remember how many points he had last season? Because it's pretty um, scary. Wasn't it? Wasn't it ninety three? Ninety two. Pretty close. Oh, was, Ooh, that was really loud. Ninety three. No, ninety two. Ninety two. <laughs> it's crazy. Like <laughs> he. Let's just pull up some comparables because those are fun for this contract. It's comparables for price or comparables for points? Just just in general. Like, he, in like the contract, there's nothing close because it's just crazy that he got signed to this. The closest one, according to Cap Friendly, was William Carlson when he signed that one-year deal to take a bet on himself. And I think <laughs> he got paid... It was literally a one-year deal and he got paid 5.25. And... Everything else is pretty far. Like Ryan O'Reilly signed a five, uh, no, never mind, a three-year deal, and it's five million per, which was a pr- really good deal at the time too. But this Braden Point we're talking about, this is—it's unbelievable that he got signed to under eight on a short-term deal. He's, if not Stamkos, he's the best center in, on their team, and I think he's gone away and proven that he's the best all-around center on their team, where Stamkos is the better offensive player. He's still good at the defensive side of the game, but Braden Point is more of your two-way guy, and he plays like he plays the good old two hundred foot game, you know, and uh, gets pucks deep, and he does all that. I just can't believe that this <laughs> when when it came out, it blew my mind that he got signed under seven at all. Yeah, that's what day did he sign? September twenty third. So it was. Uh, that was after Marner, wasn't it? It was after Marner. How Which does, made me a little salty. Yeah, how does he only had two more points than he, he did? Sign, but I say I know how it's, does I know it's still... three. I know it's three less years. I get that, but like, it's a difference of about four, if not five million dollars. Yeah, four million actually, four million dollars. That's a lot of difference in for money. Two points for two points, even though it's a, there's a three year difference. You, you cannot tell me that Braden Point isn't at least worth eight million on a three-year deal. If Line is worth, Line is apparently worth more than Point after signing his three-year deal. 
Kyle Connor's worth more, more than point. Even I was gonna, he signed that's long-term. what I was going to say next. Even though he signed long-term as well. And Who Matthew Tuchuk is also worth more by, well, actually not by much. He but signed a three-year? Or? He signed a three-year. He's yeah. still worth more because he's at seven. I don't know how they pulled this off. I really don't. I guess it's Julian Brisebois is the new uh, Steve Eiserman in the GM position there because he, after Eiserman left, everyone thought he was going to, not that they were going to fall fall down, they were probably going to take a hit because Eiserman is easily the best GM in the league. He got he gets guys signed and buys into systems, and it's all cheap. It's unbelievable all the stuff he's been able to do, and I guess Breezebaugh really took a lot of pointers from him because he's done the same thing ever since he stepped in. But jeez, this contract is just unbelievable. Is that what you're gonna go with? Unbelievable, unbelievable. unbelievable. I was gonna go with fantastic. There's nothing this is, bad I can say about it. This this is not my favorite contract. <laughs> Of the they're coming up, I don't know if you have it on yours, but coming up, I my favorite do. contract. But this is definitely my second favorite contract to the signing so far. If there's one thing I can take away out of it before I move on, though, is that in three years, this is really gonna hurt Tampa because <laughs> all their pl- all their core players are locked up after this three year deal is done. So what you're gonna have is literally the same situation, but now Braden Point wants even more money. <laughs> sure, the cap will go up by in three years, probably by like. Hopefully ten million, if I'm being optimistic, because once see actually once Seattle hits, it's gonna take a big hit. It's gonna go really up pretty fast. That didn't make a lot of sense, but you know, yeah, big English is hard. Up. Anyways, big hit it's up, gonna, go fast. It's gonna go up. There's gonna be more room, but you're right. It's gonna be tricky in three years to re-sign him. It ain't gonna be easy. And now Justin Falk. This one made us look like idiots because we completely missed. Well, it, no one thought he was gonna go to the Blues. Because he got, tr- I didn't see it coming. I, I didn't. It was a, don't look at me. Good trade on the Carolina end. They got Joel Edmondson back. Decent defenseman. He's good enough to be a placeholder for now and stick into the top six D easily. And then they got, I believe his name is Dominic Bach. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's B O K K. I'd say Bach. I'd say that's what I'm going with. But apparently, he's one of the Blues' better prospects. Apparently. And people would put him right under Martin Neches, who Neches is one of the best prospects in the entire league. And he's, I think he's playing in Carolina this year. I don't think he's been sent down, to my knowledge. But it was a big haul to get Justin Falk. And so, and they got him to an extension I would say right se- away. Seven years. And you're looking at seven years. He's 27 right now. Yeah. That takes Which... him into 34 with the last two years of his contract on a modified no-trade clause. And the first five on a complete no-trade clause. Which is a scary, scary sight. But you do see, if you look at his base salary, no signing bonuses, no point bonuses, performance bonuses, sorry. But you look at his salary, starts at $9 million, goes down almost every year, and finishes at $4.5 million. Yep. So they are looking at, and correct me if I'm wrong, that makes a buyout a little easier towards the end. It probably would. It's, it's hot, tough to tell. you got to use uh, the bio calculator for that. Which would take me, I don't know how long it would take me to punch it in right now, especially because it's long term and it's not worth it. I gotta enter a lot of different information. But, uh, oh, and 683K was retained by that's it, really. I didn't even know they retained, they They no one said anything about it. Just under, I just found it right here, just under 700K was retained by Carolina, which is funny. Good, I I think that's just on this year, though. Yeah, that's because that's not that, like, this is the contract they signed, and Carolina has no. Uh, obligation to 
have any part of the one he just signed with St. Louis. But uh, last year, Falk put up 35 points and is honestly a pretty like a really good defenseman. No, I I don't I don't see him play often, but uh, from when I do watch him play. He, Impresses me pretty. The, the pretty playoffs well. impressed me. That was the first time I'd really been able to zone in on him, and he he was impressive for yeah. Carolina. St. Louis gets a really good, good player, and a lot of questions came up with what happens to Pietrangelo now that they lock Falk up long term, because that's Pietrangelo is their number one right-handed guy, and Falk comes in and is the number two, and definitely could be the number one. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't remember. Let me double check on Pietrangelo what his situation is there. But uh, as far as I'm aware, I believe he's uh, yeah he's re- he's up after this year, so he's a UFA, and he's getting paid six and a half now, and I think he might get somewhere close to nine, if he hits the open market, he might get even more, <laughs> which because he's one he's an elite defenseman. But you can see St. Louis is almost prepared for that by bringing in Falk. Yeah, that, and it's basically the same contract as Pietrangelo. And for six more years. So it's basically like they're, it looks like they found their replacement and are yeah. fully expecting to lose Pietrangelo after this season. But they've got the two together for one season. Which is great for the uh, repeat of glory, I guess. But uh, hopefully they can... I liked watching the Blues go on that run last year. Bennington was phenomenal. Falk brings a lot of more stability to the decor as if it already didn't have enough. And he's a veteran player. Exactly. Which is... Good to have around that team in terms of their repeat season. They they got to rely on a lot more young players now because they got they got their big guys and now basically where the way it goes for them is they just got to keep bringing in players to fit the system. Like they got Sammy Blaze or I don't know I think his name's French so I think I'm definitely pronouncing it wrong. And uh, Robert Thomas, a lot of those guys have played really well in the top nine, bottom six positions, they've ex- excelled and done super, super well. I could def- definitely see St. Louis going on a really deep run this year. They had the Falk acquisition, and all they had to really give up currently on their team is Edmondson. And yeah, Bach w- would be nice to have, but if you don't really have a plan on using him right now and you want to go for the repeat, mm. why not? Mm-hmm. Makes yeah. sense. So overall, I, I like it. You like it? Don't love it, okay. But I like it. Okay, I would say I'd say love to see it. Love to see. I it. love to see it. I think it's. I just think about St. Louis coming back. It's they're looking to do a repeat. The depth, the preparedness to replace their new number one D spot. It's just a good stable move. It's a good contract. I I'm all over it. I love it. Well, we hopefully gotta... it doesn't bite me in the ass. <laughs> we got a few more to go here. Is there any we can touch on quickly? Quickly? Uh, they're all pretty big. Yeah, okay. It's Kachuk we'll go with right now. Yeah. It's base, It's literally the point contract for maybe uh, for 150k more. Yep. And for with, with a, lot, a less point total. A lot less points. And he's also a winger. It's just weird, especially because he signed after Braden Point did. Does that make sense? Because it yeah. doesn't to me. I mean, 80 games played, 77 points. That's not bad. No, no, it's not at not all. not bad. Let's get that clear. It's not <laughs> bad, but it's not Braden Point. Yeah, but do you know what's better? Braden Point. Yeah, 79 games and 92 points is better. That's what that is. Yikes. But uh, at least they got Kachuk. He's definitely a player that Calgary would... 
I wouldn't say need. Like, right now, if they wanted to go on a, another run, yeah, they would need him. That's for sure. They would love. They needed to have him for this season. So, yeah, maybe they do need him. Well, you know, he he made an impact last year. There's no doubt about that. Didn't make enough of an impact to win more than two games in the playoffs. Yeah, well... That was a rough run for them. As, that as, a, was, uh, as Canadians, I think we need to hang our heads looking at that. That was shocking, that playoff series. I had Calgary all the way on that one. I, oh, no doubt. Colorado's no doubt. depth was really weak, and somehow Calgary got exposed. Better goaltending on Calgary's part as well. I thought Mike Smith was the key. He I looked was, like a fool because I thought Mike yeah. Smith was going to be the goalie. I was perfect. Veteran goalie. He's got good playoff experience, but not amazing. But he's older. He's veteran, as I said. He's seen action. He knows what to do. He's not going to wear and tear as much. I was. He's been in the conference final before when he was playing in Phoenix. Yes, that is true. I shouldn't say he has not a ton of experience, but it he's, was still. It's. I think of Marc Andre Fleury as like my go-to for playoff experience. Oh, he's yeah. had playoff experience throughout his young to older career. He's basically been in the playoffs most of his career. I don't remember the last time Marc Andre Fleury wasn't in the playoffs. Oh man, what was it? Was it 08, 09? When was that Detroit series? It was the, it was the season when Pittsburgh won. When Pittsburgh won. Oh, 08, 09. 09 yeah, was when they won. Di- the last play, the diving across. Yeah, we talked still, about this he already. He was still wearing the Reebok set. Yeah. And they were there in, oh, that was, I love yeah. that save. We're three episodes in and we're, we've talked about the 09 final twice. <laughs> Clearly we're, had an impact. I'm just like the title of this episode is going to be the 2009 Stanley Cup final was important. It's like take 2. It was still we still talk about it. Yeah, I don't know why. It just keeps coming up, but either way, it's overall Calgary should be a lot better this year. Yeah. I hope to god they do something. It's just well, and the they disappointment signed. after disappointment. Yeah. They just can't find a way to get over the hump of like the second round. They they can't yeah. even get past. They've done it yeah. once in the last little bit. They can't even get past the first round half the time. I'm just I'm disappointed as a Canadian, but they're making moves. If you look at the recent signings, they've got th- along with Tuchuk in recent signing history, they've signed three other entry level contracts for a winger, a guy who plays all position on forwards, and a center. Two of them are a little older. One's a young 18 year old. I think that they're making moves to try and not rebuild. But just Retool. liven up, yeah, liven up and try and see if they can get further. The two, the other, the two entry level contracts. Sorry, not entry level, but the standard ones. And they were low pay, like Tobias Reader and uh, yeah, I, Zach Ronaldo. They signed Ronaldo. Yeah, I didn't know they signed Ronaldo. Seven hundred k. They're twenty nine and twenty six respectively. I'm pretty sure Ronaldo got sent on waivers, and I think he's playing in the AHL now. Well, that sucks because they signed him to a standard seven hundred k. It's I, probably just one year though. So that's it's nothing. yeah, it's one year. But I thought, okay, they're making moves to try and add a little bit of depth, maybe try to see if they can get themselves over that hump, not by using rookies. We'll see how it goes this year. But uh, remember when Patrick Line was getting traded? Because that was fun rumors. I'm going I'm to go out right now. I Even more so than the Marner, I despise the Patrick Line negotiations, talks, everything. Every time I saw news about that, I scrolled through it, reported it for inappropriate content. <laughs> this and this content it. offended me. Yes, everything, all of the above. I despised everything about it. It definitely wasn't fun for anyone. It's just full of just 
unnecessary drama that no one really enjoys being a part of. But it happened, and now we got a two-year deal. 6.75 per, ends in 2021, no clauses, nothing really important there. It's a big deal for two years, that's for sure. I believe I saw a quote that said, Lonnie said he was going to put up 80 points this season. He said he's going he's to put up 80 points and score 40 goals. Put up 70 in his sophomore year and only put up 50 this year. I honestly think he'll score 40, 40 45. I don't, yeah. so, I don't see what... Like, we talked about how bad Line A struggled last year. He scored 30 goals. <laughs> like, we, yeah, you got to hold him to a high standard, of course. But, like, when a guy scores 30 goals and we're talking about, mm-hmm. oh, my God, he's on the down tilt already. Like, Ovechkin had those few seasons where he was only able to score 30 goals. Mm. Look at him now. He's scoring 50 again all the time. Oh, my God. He's, he's, he is the best goal scorer ever. Ever. He's going to beat the record before his career ends. He's not that far off. If his career ends, he's the next Yager. He just keeps playing. <laughs> you see Yager. He uh, he scored 30 years later, wasn't it? Yeah, he sco- he's still playing. He's playing in the Czech League at 47. Yeah, and scored his first goal in the Czech League this season, 30 years after he scored his first goal in his rookie season in the Czech League. I'm going to pull something up here. It's about uh, Yager. Okay, well, I'll continue. Who are we talking again? Line A? Yeah. Oh, I got okay. it already. Okay, well, is a, he's basically, the Athletic called him a traveling secretary. He plays, runs, and owns his own team. Hockey is my vacation, is what he said. I like. I think he's living the dream. Honestly, you get to play at home, run run your own, uh, you don't, who needs an agent at 47 when you can be your own agent? You know the business at that point, I guess. No, well, he's seen it inside out from pretty much every league imaginable, from the NHL to the K to the Czech, whatever it's going to be. I'm pretty sure Yarmir Yager has been through like three lockouts. <laughs> so he knows everything about what contracts were like made 30 years ago. There's a reason that he's a legend. He's been through it all. He's still playing somehow. <laughs> it's unbelievable the stuff he's been able to do. Okay, well, if we've talked about Line A, that means we're going to Connor next, right? Well, we barely got through Line A that much. Okay, well, you can, you want to keep going? I already told you, I don't like the Line A. I don't like anything about Line A. I mean, it's just, you know, how do I put this? This happened, this is the same way with Nylander when it came to, like, just the media, not the negotiation. Mm. The media is just, oh, well, if we're going to look at Line A, we got to look at how we got to trade, trade them. And then they come up with all these crazy trade solutions. And then I remember with Nylander, I think it was maybe a month into the season, they were making like mock trades and they were posting them like during the intermission and analyzing them as if they were actually going to happen. I was like, you guys, just because the guy is an RFA and he's not signed doesn't mean you go into panic mode and just trade him because you're going to get pennies on the dollar because teams know you're desperate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's the point? You might as well just sign him at that point and... I don't know, trade him maybe a season after. Well, like, it just doesn't make sense to me that all this media attention, even on, a little bit on Marner, not so much, as compared to Line and Nylander and their little holdouts. But uh, I hated seeing all the uh, trade room. I would say the non-existent trade rumors because there's no way they were going to get moved. But uh, that's all I really have to say on Line for right now. We can move on to Kyle Connor. Uh, I I don't really know how I feel about this deal, honestly. It seems pretty good for the most part. Getting paid more this year on cap hit. 
yeah, like I I want to see like I know he put up fifty seven to uh, not this past season, the season before that, and then this past season he put up sixty six, and he's been on the rise like pretty steadily. So I'm really interested to see what he does this season. I think he could definitely be a player that puts up eighty points, and if he does, this contract's really good. If he continues at the pace he's at, the contract's still good. It's not bad. It's not. It's it's pretty good. Like it's just it's not meh. It's I would put it under good. I think Connor brings a lot to this team and getting him locked down long term, especially with all the turnover that the Jets have seen recently, is huge for them because they went from having one of the deepest and most stacked teams in the entire league, and now you, their decor is basically walking on thin ice. They ha- Neil Pionk is their top is on their top pair basically right now. You ever who? heard of him? Who? Neil Pionk. I'm going to say who again because no, I haven't. They traded Jacob Truba for him. Really? And a first round pick back they, to Winnipeg. So, well, okay, the first so round got, pick. They got Pionk in first round for Truba? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, that first round pick they got back, they traded earlier to New York because they. Remember when they got Kevin Hayes? Yeah. When they got Kevin Hayes, they traded their first to the Rangers. And then when they were like, damn, we can't re sign Truba, the Rangers were interested. And they're like, here, have your first round pick back. Here, we'll give you this Neil Pionk guy who played. He's a top four guy. In the in the Ranger system, he he's definitely top four in the Winnipeg Jets system right yeah. now, but he's not amazing. He's mm-hmm. a good player. That's pretty much all I have to say about Pionk. But uh, for the Jets, the Connors deal is a big deal for them. He it offers stability. Oh, um, absolutely. More so than you're thinking of point production, team. I I don't know. However, if you think of statistics, think outside of statistics, it offers stability. He's 22. He's going to be locked down right now until he's 29. Stability to start building the depth again, and which is, as you said, is something they lost in the off season. Yeah, like right now, all they have, the two, uh, actually, I guess you could say three, of the most uh, important players that they would have expiring are uh, Jack Roslavich, who is an RFA, kind of came out of his shell recently. He's going to get better. I don't think he's going to get a huge deal, but he's going to get a pretty decent money. Nothing crazy, though. You got Dmitry Kulikov, who's been a really big overpay. We talked about him before on the last podcast. He's expiring this year, too, which is a big, big chip off their shoulder once he comes off the books. And they got their backup goalie, Lauren Brossois. Everyone else is locked up for at least next season. So at least they don't have to worry a whole lot about what they have to worry about in, in, in this upcoming offseason because. In all honesty, this last one was a disaster. <laughs> Everything that went wrong, that could have gone wrong, went wrong. I think we can probably say it was one of the worst off seasons we've seen in NHL yeah. history, probably last decade. Yeah, because the problems just kept piling up. Like you got the Line and Connor negotiations that just weren't going well at all. Then you got Truba, who was also expired, and, and then you realize, I don't think we can fit all three of these guys. One of them's got to go, and it's probably going to be Truba because he's the oldest. Line is going to be one of the better goal scorers in the league and Connor is already a really good player so Truba was the odd man out and he had to go and teams know that they were ready to get rid of Truba for pretty much the best bad deal that they could get yeah and that's what happened and then by Bufflin I was gonna say get to Bufflin he yeah. announces that he's taking a break and as if that decor wasn't taking enough of a hit it just lost their two top guys within the span of a few months without 
really getting a whole lot back. Well, they let's let's be realistic. They got nothing from Bothler. They what did they do? They suspended him. They suspended him just so they right. wouldn't have to have him under salary, but he knew about that. Yeah, he so was, that, it wasn't a big deal. That's the only thing you can say they got back was they suspended him so he wasn't under salary. Yeah. That is the only thing, and that is not very good. That's horrible, actually. Right now, their uh, depth charts for defensemen is listed. Like, this is under pairings, so Morrissey and Kulikov. Second pair is Ville. Uh, he's Finnish. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I'm going to go with Ville. Heinola, Heinola, mm-hmm. that's top. That's top four guy apparently, and uh, Neil Pionk, that's the pairing. And then on your bottom pair, Tucker Pullman and Anthony Batetto, definitely two two guys on a lot of contending teams would be your scratches, because you sh- you need better D depth than that to compete. It's not it's not a nice thing for me to say, but and how is going to see a lot of rubber this year. That's why I picked him in both of my fantasy drafts. Alabuck's <laughs> gonna see a lot of rubber. I hope, hopefully, not a lot of goals. But he's a great goalie. He's, he's gonna do well. No, he is fantastic. But let's use Carey Price. We both know a goalie with awful defense cannot carry a team all the way to the finals. Right, they can carry them to the playoffs. That's yeah. for sure. So hey, if they get to the playoffs and miracles happen, great. But they ain't making it far after that. I was gonna say it's teams poor. know how to expose you once they have played you four times in a row. Yeah, poor Alabuck. You gotta learn to adjust. That's all. Play, what playoffs are about. If you can't adjust properly, you're not gonna do well. And that's one reason I think. Like, I hate coming back to the Leafs all the time, but that's one reason that the Leafs don't do well. They don't really adjust very well. They kind of stick to their own game and hope to God that it works. Do I bring up the power play again? No. Okay. I already know it's bad. I don't need to talk about why it's bad even more. Do you know why it's bad? I do know why it's bad because it's still predictable. Hasn't changed because it's predictable. And it hasn't changed. I've sat on the couch before watching the game, and I called the exact play that was going to happen, and it happened. Point Riley Matthew, um, not Mar- Matthews Marner Matthews, and I called it with, with uh, Dan sitting next to us. They were running two defense yesterday, actually. Oh, were they? Yeah, they switched up. What it was interesting. Yeah. They noted on the second, third, and yeah. fourth. Power plays, they used two defense instead. So it was a Tavares, Riley, Matthews, but then Tavares got kicked. So it was a Matthews, Matthews to Riley to Tavares, I think it was. Or it might have been Martin. Anyways, it's the same, you know, but we'll, we'll drop it. Yeah. I know, I, I didn't get to catch the game last night, so I wish I did, but it is what it is. I had work to do, so whatever. I caught the highlights. I saw pretty much everything I needed to see. Including the Sens scoring 25 seconds in? It literally doesn't matter now anymore. They won the game. And Ottawa's a bad team. So hey, they're not going to be the worst team. Actually, I don't think they are. Which is something I didn't think I'd be saying at the begin- at the, uh, the end of last season. I think the honor will go to Detroit. Well, there's a prediction. Okay. I like it. Detroit probably get... If they get Lafreniere, oh my god. They have a really good forward young forward core going forward if they get Lafreniere. Hey, it's how it's how the teams rebuild. Oh yeah. And if if they get even Byfield, oh jeez. That team is disgusting. All right, we're going to go to the final one for now. I know DeBrinket signed today, but we literally don't want to be going here for 2 3 hours. So we're just going to end it on Rantanen. We're not going to end it because I have to do my favorite contract. Oh, you want to do one too? I have my favorite contract. All right, we'll, we'll do Rantanen and then we'll do yeah, yours and we'll then we'll end it off. But to start with <laughs> Rantanen, it's basically the Marner contract but a little bit less. 
and it's also six years. Modified no trade clause in the last two. Nine po- I think I said 9.25 per, did I? You said it was a little less than Marner, but to clarify it is... Okay, I, wasn't, I couldn't remember if I said it. But uh, it's better than Marner's deal. It's pretty good. 100%. It, it's less money. It's the same term. It's obviously going to be better a better deal for how many points did Marner have last year um Marner had 94 I think 94, yeah and Randon was 87 so 87 in 74 games he's gonna do I don't know what he's gonna do this year he's like they got more depth so they got a lot more pieces to play with so Rantanen will probably do better yeah I think he's gonna be a consistent player we're gonna obviously this is he's only 22 right now I think this is going to be a consistent player who will put up his almost 90 points, if not 90 points, throughout his season if he's able to stay healthy. It's good to have that on teams. No, and I think that's going to benefit Colorado in the long run. Obviously, they showed that they've got the ability to play in surprise teams, especially in the playoffs, as we saw them knock out Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. No, Calgary. Calgary, Calgary. Calgary, yeah, Yeah. Winnipeg, who also lost first round. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot going on in those first rounds for Canadian teams. I remember there was a lot of hope, and then by the uh, the end of the two weeks, the first round lasted. We all uh, hanging our heads, like you said. Pretty much, yeah, gave up. We had the Leafs, and that was it. That's not a lot to bet on when you know the Leafs are going to meet Boston. <sighs> they better win this year. I swear, I'm gonna be so. Sorry, sad. Steve. Did you say that Boston better win? No, I, opposite actually. But. It's a good deal. I like it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say... It's pretty much the same comparables. Yeah. I'm going to say it's a great deal, actually. I like it even more. I like it more than the Marner for obvious reasons. I think long run, this is going to benefit Colorado. I can see him wearing the letter in the next couple seasons. Like, there's... I don't see... Point them out. I don't see negatives to this. It's a little pricey, but I don't see negatives. Like, Colorado's cap situation is very friendly for them. Like, they had a lot of space going into this offseason, so they were able to dish out some pretty good money in the uh, in free agency. But uh, I think nine, he's the highest paid player behind in fr- just in front of McKinnon, and it's by almost $3 million. So it's not even just in front of him. Like, it's a big difference in uh, average uh, per season. But they have... Uh, Mark Barbario expiring. They, they they got a lot. Of, their forward core is locked up pretty good. Burkowski's come is expiring. They'll be. I. They're not going to sign Matt Nieto and Colin Wilson. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense when they expire this off season. They got Nikita Zadorov. They got to work with. I don't know what I think about it. I feel like it's really just going to depend on their upcoming negotiations. Oh, they also have Tyson Yost, Valerian Nachushkin, who I f- just for- remembered that they got from Dallas, and Vladislav Kamenev, all expiring as RFAs, which they're not going to get huge deals if they do resign. It's just something you have to consider, if anything. But overall, I'm, I wouldn't say, maybe skeptical is a good word, but like right now, just looking at the cap situation with having as many good contracts as they do, I would put it under good. Good? Good. Because just because of the situation they're in, a lot of other teams just, like if the Leafs signed a contract like that, even if it was Marner, that would be a good deal if it was Marner actually. But uh, I don't know. It's just I just have a hard time. I don't know why. It's hard to explain. 
Okay. I, I just I don't really know how I feel about it. Like I like it, but I also see like man, nine point two five is a big number. But I know Rantanen is a phenomenal player at the same time, so he probably deserves it. It's just I want to see how the season plays out before I make a full judgment to see how he plays on this nine point two five million salary. I think that's all I have to say on Rantanen for that. So I'm gonna go with good. Good. Okay. Good is the word. Good what is was the, the contract you wanted to look at? Darcy Kemper. Oh, I forgot about that one. I love this. Okay, I want... You like this contract? I hate this contract. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you why I like this. One, Ranta's out. Ranta is in conditioning. Mm-hmm. He did not perform well last season. He is just dragging weight contract. This is Dar- Darcy Kemper. Last season was the only season he played in the NHL more than 33 games. He played 55, put up a 2-3-3 goals against average and a 9-2-5 save percentage if I have that right. Yeah, you nailed it. He is 29, so in terms of goaltending, he is getting a little to the edge of his prime period, but I still say, like, 29, that's an experienced goaltender. He's been around the league since 2013, 2012, 2013, playing on and off as backups for Minnesota, L.A., then to Arizona. He's getting paid only 250 k more than Ranta was, signed a two-year deal. Four and a half is a lot of money, though. It is. It's a lot. I don't like. I don't like that they're still hanging on to Ranta, but he's he's their starter. The this thing, is the thing that bugs me though is that it doesn't kick in this season. It kicks in next season. Yeah. So you it, you basically they, signed a deal knowing, damn, Ranta might not be back, and yeah, he's good when he's playing, but when is he playing exactly? Like, yeah. You don't ever know because he's always injured. But see, that's. That is a benefit too, because they get this. And I don't remember if there's what the clauses are, but it means there's only one season where they're paying Ranta and Kemper, for, let's say four point two five and four point five respectively, at the same time. Uh, let's see clauses. There it's are no just, clauses on this. It's no, it's, yeah, no clauses. It's a really big risk for four and a half million. That's the thing, and that's the because if it doesn't work out, this is gonna blow up in your face really bad. But I think. I've watched him play, and I think this is going to... I believe, I wholeheartedly believe this is going to work out. You're going to see this guy. He's going to be their starter for the season because, well, Ranta's conditioning the AHL. Who else do they have on contract? Like, the guys... The thing is, like, the the thing that scares me is that he's a career backup. And you got guys... Like, one of the more memorable ones that went from backup to starter after a a move to a a new team was Cam Talbot and he had a really good first season just like Kemper did like first full season with the team but that wasn't supposed to be his full that wasn't he wasn't supposed to be right Talbot no sorry Kemper 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 wasn't wasn't supposed supposed to be the starter right Kemper wasn't supposed to be Talbot went in there knowing that he was going to be and he had a really good season that year though he was a Vesna candidate that year then he just fell off the map yeah well we we see it yeah no I think I think this is I know this is going to be I don't want I shouldn't say no because it will bite me in the ass. But you I say you know, be, I, I just don't like it. I think, I think this a, is going to be a great deal. It's, I mean, we know Arizona's not going to compete anytime soon for a cup. They're not going to go deep. and They need to compete soon if they want to generate any interest in their own market. But I think this is the goaltender that can bring them to the playoffs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say right now, I think Kemper can bring Arizona to the playoffs. And, hey, if he ends up 2022-23, he's an UFA. It's if true. it's not working out, maybe he's getting past his prime. If he gives them two good, well, three good seasons right now, I'd be very happy with it. He's good. Arizona's playing tonight, right? Yes, they are. I believe so. And they're losing one nothing. Is Kemper the in that? I'm going to say yes because 
uh, Rant is in the AHL, Hill is in the AHL, and Comrie is, I also believe, in the AHL. Actually, might be their backup. No, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, Kemper's in that tonight. Five saves, one goal. End of the first. What? Six shots. So, okay, so are we, are we going to really... You want to go through this? Okay, who else we got? Hellebeck, did, did you want to check the Winnipeg game? No, we don't need to go through this tonight. It's 6-4. Do you think Hellebeck... How many, how many shots against... Too many. Not enough. Boston? Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Boston. It's up 2-1, so that's not bad. Yeah. There's no point in going through scores right now because they're they're all pretty much done. Car- if not, there's the other Carolina thing beat Montreal. So there you go. Uh, it was uh, Nashville beat Minnesota. So let's see how Dubnik played. Like I'm saying, like you you gotta. Oh, like, I know one game. Steve. One game isn't enough of a sample size. I get that, but like, I'm just very skeptical. Like I just I just don't like it. I think <laughs> there's been a lot of contracts for goalies recently that have bit a lot of teams in the ass. And this has honestly the best chance of being the next one. You think it's gonna be? I don't think it is. I don't. I'm not saying it's going to be. I think it has the best chance of being the next really bad goalie contract. And I think Camper has the best chance of being the goalie that brings Arizona to the playoffs. We're gonna see how it goes because I remember Kemper was a big deal in Minnesota. Then he got traded to the King, or did he get traded? I can't remember if it was waivers, but I'm pretty sure he got traded. I can pull that up really quick. Ended up on the Kings, played between, what, 10 and 13 games, then got moved again. He got traded to the Coyotes because I think they were desperate for that uh, to get. Oh, he signed in L.A. as a uh, what looks like a free agent signing. And then he got traded to the Coyotes. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But All right. Well, in the famous words of Creed Bratton, don't trade Marcos. I like it. <laughs> I know you don't, but I do. I I don't like it. We need a new manager. I no, can, no, no, no. I we, finished the quote. We, we Come are. on, don't give me that. <laughs> we need, How can you make an office reference and then when I continue the quote, you don't was, even acknowledge was, it? That no, I didn't hit it with the bit. See, you, you need to I like it. We need a new manager. And then what? How do I just do the gym stare into the mic? There's no, there's, there's no camera there. You should know that scene. That scene's iconic. Yes, we talk about it But Jim just stares into the mic after, or stares into the camera after. <laughs> we need he. It's it's a cutaway. It's Jim getting interviewed, and he just stares. He's like, "We need a new manager," and it cuts. No, away it's Pam first scene. of all. What? No. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh shit. All right. Well, me and Drew argue about this little We're office have to problem watch we the have because now we got to watch an episode. So hope everyone has a good night and enjoys Welcome this. Welcome to the Great Breton. <laughs> Welcome to Dendermythen, or what I'd like to call the Great Bratton. Jesus. All right. We're going to finish this episode right here. And I hope you, everyone enjoys it. Feedback's always awesome. Thank you for all the feedback I've already gotten. It's Are we going to be really more consistent? Are we going to be more consistent, Steve? I'd like to be. All right. We're going to try. I'm trying my best to get articles out and doing this at the same time. So we'll see how it goes. Right. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>